Do you want to intro this one, sir, or shall I? Okay, so now we will be talking about the film It Comes at Night, which I saw with Luke, who it now occurs to me I did not text to join us on this debate. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, oh, well. I was about to say, why isn't Luke with us? And then, because I didn't text him. But if Luke, if you're listening, I'm sorry, you were meant to be on this one. Um, so I started with Luke, and then and then we were talking about a lot afterwards, and it bubbled and bubbled and bubbled, and it just gets better and better the more I think about it. And I said... Is there, any, is there any way you can find it? Because obviously the US got it a month before we did. Uh-huh. And uh, you managed to find it at your uh, depressing dirt cinema. <laughs> yeah. And, it's kind um, of like a mid-tier. It's, it's like a Daily Express kind of Daily Mail level. Oh, that's callback. nice. We're judging it like, like tabloids. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, the, it's a $3 theater instead of a dollar theater. Because a, a dollar theater, a dollar theater is a very specific thing here, and it, it's generally stuff that's about two, three months old, maybe a little bit older than that, you know. Um, so they'll, they'll be getting, I can't think what was around three months ago, like uh, Guardians. Yeah, God. Well, not even that. Probably um, they'll probably be getting. Uh, uh, what was the, uh, the, the the Harry Potter film? I think I think I saw that was on oh, the case. Uh, so it's maybe even six it, months, to be honest. It comes at night. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Fantastic Beasts they, and Where to Find Them. There you go. Yeah, that, that, I think I think that's on the the, the one local here. Whereas th- this this seems to be like second run or more obscure stuff because they were showing this once a day every day this week. I don't know how okay. how long they're doing that for, but um, yeah, it was. Uh, well, everyone's seen it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it was it was actually surprisingly busy. Uh, the the, the theatre itself, I, I kind of expected when I, I looked it up online, because I'd never been to it before, I kind of expected to go to it and it'd be completely dead and I'd be the only okay. guy on the screen. But it was the, the theatre itself was bumping, to use a word I don't normally use. <laughs> bumping, bumping. Bumping, bumping. Dead floors bumping. Bumping, bumping. It, that's uh, Bumping by Craig Sean, which is playing right now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> or is it Lil Debbie? Anyway, one of those two did the song bumping. Oh, I like this. It's a good song, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great um, song. Uh, but yeah, there, there, were, there were lots of families there and people clearly going... Families? Uh, yeah, not That's for, the not, worst not for It Comes at Night. It, it, around okay. around, around the, the theatre itself, there were lots of showings going on and... and it seems seems like that's the place where larger families go because it's easier, it's cheaper than going to. Right, that makes sense because yeah, you can MCs, your Cinemarks, you make mug make twenty dollars. You can all see you exactly. Know. Yeah. How many screens did it have? You never said six. Oh, okay, that's good and number. they all look like they're the same size as well because uh, they're all off like a central corridor and they looked to be about the same size. Maybe a couple up front that were a bit bigger, uh, but uh, from like like two and four onwards, they were all probably about 80, 90 seats, something like that. Um, and, uh, uh, it was, uh, there, there were probably 12 to 15 people in, in the screening of It Comes at Night, which, which is way more than I'd expected and more than, than were at the second showing you went to, uh, which I think it was you no, and two others. Probably, no, well, the, the two, the first screening maybe had seven people in it. Okay. And then the one last night had, cause four guys showed up just before it started. And I think a couple of people showed up after it started. So 15 might be about right. Well, that might be ambitious, actually. It's probably less than that. Maybe it was another seven. 
but I know I had a couple of dudes next to me. There was the people yeah. behind me who I thought weren't going to get on with it at all, and at least one of them fell asleep and woke up halfway through not having an idea where he was because he made this <laughs> this horrendous noise when he woke up like, <laughs> and he didn't know where he was. Did he wake uh, up to one of like the two jump scares? I think it. I think the. Yeah, one of those big shrill noises woke him up, and then but it took him a second to cram. <laughs> and then it, by the time he made the noise, he was he was back in a quiet point. Yeah. And when his mate leant over and was like, "Something's in the house" or whatever, and uh, <laughs> and then he fell asleep again. And then his mate woke him up at the end. He went, "It's over." <laughs> Excellent. That, that was the only two like because I always listen for like little when yeah. we're doing stuff like this. I always listen for you know in theater. Chatter. reviews happening at the same time you know at the end of the film I, I, like in the... there are a couple of those uh, 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 in this showing actually i don't know if oh, you want terrific. to get into those later on but yeah uh, let's do it yeah at the end at the end of the the, the ever i overheard some chatter and it, it made me genuinely chuckle so it's quite fun nice okay so um do you want to give a quick synopsis of the story of the film or shall i read someone else's synopsis of the film sure let's do that that's we haven't done that before let's probably do, probably, probably uh... do a better job than i would so, uh, from uh, IMDb, this is A24's description of the film. Secure within a desolate home, as an unnatural threat terrorizes the world, a man has established a tenuous domestic order with his wife and son. But this will soon be put to the test when a desperate family arrives seeking refuge. Okay. Oh, A24 have also written a longer one. Oh, wait, no, it's just another line. Despite the... <laughs> what? Why? Come on, A24, what are you playing at? <laughs> screenshot this one <laughs> um, despite the uh, so it continues in the, in a completely second write up by their other intern despite the best intentions of both families paranoia and mistrust boil over as the horrors outside creep ever closer awakening something hidden and monstrous within him as he learns that the protection of his family comes at the cost of his soul okay that second half doesn't really I mean yeah. it, it, it kind of describes it but I think uh, to, to kind of more fully describe it, it's we're in this this kind of post-apocalyptic seeming universe or world uh, that you kind of qu don't quite know what's going on to begin with, and and, and uh, actually you kind of don't quite know what's it, it's it's a fairly ambiguous film, um, yeah. it, deliberately so. I don't think it's 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 definitely not through inability or you know poor filmmaking. It's definitely deliberate. Um, this is the story we're telling. Okay, so like off in the cities, The Walking Dead or something could be yeah. happening. Yeah, but we've got we've got a little house in the woods. I like these stories. These are these are my wheelhouse. I kind of like the little side stories to to big events, you know. Sure. So, um, and and it's not it's not it's not yeah. anything as classy as The Walking Dead that's going on. It's like Uwe <laughs> Ball's House of House of the Dead or uh, or uh, Paul W S Anderson's um, Resident, Evil. Resident Evil. Okay. Um, Nice. Um, <laughs> just thinking of like Uwe Bowles, it comes at night. <laughs> just with a giant like rubber monster. <laughs> um, but you'll have to tag him in this because he'll come and fight me with boxing gloves. Or something. Yeah, that's true. Um, so uh, what did you make of the film, sir? I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. I didn't, didn't read it. I deliberately didn't read anything about it going into it. Um, I, I kind of inferred from the title and the poster art that I saw that it was probably going to be some kind of tense, uh, horror laden type film. Um, 
thriller, that kind of suspensey type of movie. Um, but didn't didn't read anything about it. Didn't really know what what it was about. Um, but yeah, actually, I quite enjoyed the pacing of it. Especially, it, it had this this kind of melancholy feeling that I think really translates what it would be like what I imagine it would be like to be in a, in, in such an uncertain and scary world where all of a sudden, because there, there was a line in the film that the, um, what did I call him? I called him Greasily Adams. Uh, it was the, the the main guy, the Joel Edgerton, <laughs> Edgerton guy. Cause at one yeah. point he'd like, when, when, when the, fa- the, the other family had come, they were all sat down to dinner and he, he'd like greased his hair, uh, uh, sw- swept it to the side kind of, but then he had the big Grizzly Adams beard and he kind of has, has a similar face to Grizzly Adams. So yeah, Grizzly Adams is what I, I titled him Paul, which I, I get the feeling we didn't, unless I wasn't paying attention close enough, we didn't hear his name until quite far into the film. He was just dad or, you know, you, or he wasn't named until fairly far Me? into the film. No, Grizzly Adams. <laughs> Okay, wait, that's me. <laughs> Let me just sweep my hair over here. Screenshot this. <laughs> my, my Johnny Bravo. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the pace, it was, so I really felt like I, I was able to put myself in, in his shoes quite quite easily. Uh, it, it, it really communicated that feeling of, like if a, a, a like a global scale event was going on like that, and you lived out in the country, and all of a sudden weird things start happening. Obviously, he clearly had a. They, they, it's not like they, they were survivalists or something, but they had because inter- because he's a, he was a teacher. They mm-hmm. had interaction with the outside community. His his you know he's got a wife and son, so it's not like they were sequestered away like some Waco Ruby Ridge type people. Um, but but because the communication grid's down, because there's no internet, because there's no cell service, because there's no news, because there's no electricity, uh, information is scant and uh, the days kind of seem long. At one point he talks about, we like to keep a routine going and that sort of thing. And I imagine that would be very important in a situation like that where all of a sudden your purpose of being, your your career, your interaction with the outside world is is cut off and, and, and actually needs to be cut off because there's there's this disease this virus this infection this plague that's that's sweeping through the world so i i thought i i connected with it much more than i I expected to and um actually really enjoyed the experience um for the most part uh I, i thought that uh the characters were pretty well developed with some asterisks uh, I, I didn't especially like the um, the way that the female characters were portrayed in this. I felt they were a little bit one-dimensional. Oh, okay. Um, with the exception of the... Uh, was it Sarah? The... Riley Keough. Right, is, that, is that her name? Riley Keough, yeah. yeah. Um, Kim. No, Kim was the, was the character. Sarah was the mom, I think. Yeah, Kim was the, was the, the character. I thought there was a Karen in there too, but... <laughs> Uh, hold on. Uh, oh, I've got the MDP up here now, actually. Yeah, it was Kim. Sarah was the mother. Yeah, you're right. Sarah was the mother. Okay. Who's? Uh, I, she took me out of it a little bit when there were there was one <laughs> dinner scene where I was like, uh, British. I heard a couple of syllables and I was like, mm, wait a sec. Uh, oh, what? I, Riley Keough? No, no. In in uh, Carmen Ijogo, who plays the mom. Oh, is she British? I don't. She's British. Yeah. 
Oh, I did not. I, you know, I did not notice that. That's really interesting. My my ears kind of become more tuned to that since I moved here, and less tuned to bad American accents. It's kind of funny. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you stood British up in the cinema, so. British. <laughs> <laughs> and the other, the other, the other fourteen people are like, uh-huh. "What? What's happening? Is this? It's performance art." Um. <laughs> Uh, but I, I quickly, this is how stupidly my brain works. I quick, quickly, uh, move that into my head of, of like, oh no, no, she, yeah, she was, she, she came to the U S and she's just been there a long time. And you know, that's all it was. She's actually British, but she's got an American accent now. She came when she was like 17, got married to Joel, Joel Edgerton. Is that who it is? Yeah. Joel Edgerton. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, what'd you, what'd you make of him? Cause isn't he, is he Australian? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, he's Australian. Okay, he he did a great job then. I didn't didn't didn't. Well, he doesn't speak a lot, and when he does, it's like yeah, he's kind of gruff. And uh, one of the things I really liked was the way that they kept up the mistrust between uh, pretty much everyone, but mostly between the two families. There's that scene. um, I don't know if we want to jump ahead into kind of specific scenes. Um, um, I have nothing to add to what you've just said. Yeah, that's okay. everything you've said is pretty much the reason I like it. I think it's realistic. Yeah, uh, I, it, it's tense as fuck. Oh, seriously. Um, and uh, yeah, I really, really liked it. And the more, the more time I get away from it, the more I think about it. So yeah, so we can we can just dive on because I've got okay. nothing to add. A couple of times I actually had to to talk about tension. I actually had to to. to untense myself i felt like I, I pulled my shoulders kind of in and forward and i felt myself like my, my back was 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 arched against the seat and I had to kind of deliberately relax myself and lean my head back against the seat because i was <laughs> on i was quite on edge um during the first screening i yeah. had uh what had i been doing that day oh i'd, I'd been i'd been in birmingham in the morning with uh, adam and the boys watching um spider-man Spidey, yeah and then i drove all the way down there having had like a Fanta or no, I had a big old frozen, uh, I had a big old frozen like icy ice thing? thing. Yeah. No, Tango make, well, I think oh, okay. they're called, uh, ice, they might just be called ice blast, but I had a big one of those. Yeah. Um, with, uh, with them because we all had one. And then I drove down, I ended up overshooting Oxford where I was heading and I went and met Luke and we went to see it. Um, uh, to, we met anyway, but we went to see that as well. Yeah. And, um, and so I'd had that, and I'd had all the water in the car, and, I'd, and I, I desperately needed a piss. <laughs> and sit down to watch this film, and I'm like, yeah, we made it! And I'm sat down to watch it, and then the tension's building, and my need of piss is building, and the tension's <laughs> building, and my need of piss. And there's different points when I'm just like... Mm, I can't get no, up can, and go. I can hold this. And yeah. I can't bear this. And then there was a point where they, when they opened the bottle of whiskey... Yes. Where I was just like, I'm probably going to see this again anyway. I'm going to the toilet. <laughs> That's the scene I was actually just about to talk about. Um, was, oh, good, because I've that... seen that now. <laughs> good, yeah, because that, that, that was the point where, where he trips him up on the whole brother comment. And we never found yeah. out whether that was whether that was legitimately a slip of the tongue when he said, because he was under intense His pressure. When, earlier on. Yeah, and, and he was under intense pressure when he mentioned the brother earlier on because he was... You know, water for a day or anything. Exactly, yeah. Um, it's, so, so who knows if he did just misspeak. Uh, because he references being an only child. Um, mm. But uh, but yeah, so talking about like screening experiences. Yeah, like like I, I mentioned in the intro, I went to this uh, this this 
theater I'd never been to to, to see this, um, just because it's the only place that had it. Uh, but uh, there were kind of a, a really weird mix of trailers up front. Um, there oh, yeah. was Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, there was a, what I, I think was a teaser for Dunkirk. It was the one where it's the aerial shot or the overhead shot of the guys in the landing boat. The soldiers in the landing boat were wearing their... And you just, oh, hear the plane, just hear the planes come and they all duck yeah. and then it goes Dunkirk, you know? Um, Dunkirk coming yeah. this July. Baywatch was another one. Um, <laughs> Baywatch coming this July. <laughs> and then there was another one, but I can't remember what it was. But yeah, it was it was a very kind of... Something else coming this July. It was an odd mishmash of August. current and, and, and already out because I imagine they trail stuff that they're going to get. So I imagine they'll be getting Baywatch at some point or already have it. Who knows? Uh, the, uh, the, the, that cycle of cinemas was yeah. is such a thing that's built on film prints that oh, I'm, true, I'm amazed yeah. it still exists. Because yeah. it feels like they're gonna... hanging on by the by the, the skin of their teeth, if I'm honest. Really? Yeah, because okay. they have all, all these. I, I mentioned to you because I was I, I looked up online for for showings on Fandango and uh, it had that that showing that I went to listed, but it said um, this theater does not sell tickets through Fandango because I normally go through there because I tend to get the booking fee back. Um, okay. As my Fandango membership or, or just accounts, you know. But anyway, they, they so I wasn't entirely sure how accurate that information was. So I looked at their website, which was an absolute dump, and actually made a, made a note to myself that it was a really funny <laughs> thing. All of the graphics that that preceded the pre trailers sequences, you know, the slideshow type stuff that they put up, um, mm-hmm. they were all clearly designed by the same person in like what seemed what must have been like paint shop pro 4 on windows 98 it all had like powerpoint beveled edges and (laughs) and like really like sharp drop shadows and bright primary colors um but uh uh, the the (laughs) they were like visit our website and they had a screenshot of the website but the screenshot included the taskbar from windows vista and the and the window title as well it was fabulous (laughs) i could see like i was kind of hoping that they had like some other windows up that they didn't want us to see but i I couldn't see Um, (laughs) it's just like just some tabs or something yeah Yeah, it was uh the the whole the whole experience was kind of interesting oh that was what i was going to say they um they have like all of these special prices which are like they've got like a it's like every day is military discount day which is not uncommon here most places have military discounts for for everything but they have like family night on tuesdays or something like that where it's a dollar ticket uh except 3d all 3d is five bucks a a a ticket um and uh so they have like they were like when i when i called up the movie phone type thing which which felt so old-fashioned um, I actually called the number not expecting it. I called the number expecting to speak to like a you know, gr- gr- grumpy teenager. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but what, yeah, what movie would you like to see? <laughs> but got that that recorded. Uh, you know, uh, thanks for calling theater. Uh, uh, showtimes are or like for showtimes press one, and it's like for today press one and all that sort of stuff. And the nice thing was, is there was a little bit of delay when you press that. So it's like for today press one. Boop for two. Today, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was like such a, such a like a, an experience from my mi- early to mid teen years. It was fantastic. Waiting for the touch tone to recognize. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. So it was it was actually kind of a, a fun experience, even if it, uh, it's not somewhere I'm going to frequent regularly. Um, I, I'm kind of glad to have done it. So uh, yeah, nice. Yeah, but back to the film. Um, yeah. Do you, do you want to go? Let's kind of go from the opening. 
Um, okay. I, I think it opens on uh, the, the kid that I, I very early on christened young Tim Russ. Um, you, you know who Tim Russ is? From um, uh, Voyager. Yeah, yeah, Tuvok, Mr. Tuvok from Voyager. He kind of looked like he could be his younger, like better looking, less nerdy son. Um, <laughs> but uh, but he, he, and and incidentally, I think I think he, he did uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr. According to IMDb, did a fantastic job. Mm. I thought. He, yeah, he, I think. Um, sorry. No, no, no. no it's, it's okay. He, his, his, his the way he emoted just through facial features was fantastic. Like, well, I yeah, particularly think when when the when the dog dies, when they have to kill the dog, and he's just there's a, a shot of him from the side and his his mother, and then in the background you've got uh, Riley Keough and the little boy, and even though it's a fairly wide shot of him from the side, you, I mean it just communicates like utter despair and sadness that this one little piece of the of the the formerly normal world is 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 gone, and his 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 companion is is. Uh, has, has has been taken away from him, so I, I think he did a tremendous job. And what did you make of the 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 whole him sneaking into that those kind of like attic room type echoey listening to people thing, the kind of voyeuristic character? They didn't really address it that much. Well, it's I I like that because you have a little flash of that in the um in the kitchen as well when he sort of sort of checks her out a little bit. Yeah, you know, when they and she notices doing that. Yeah, and she notices, and it's uncomfortable, and yeah. it's just like there's a there is an there is a kind of sexy element to it almost, or or you know the, the whole it comes at night thing, like there's fear, there's there's um this boy's you know development, there's yeah there's uh, paranoia, the there's it's it's going to be a stunted development. Sorry to interrupt, but it's it, because he's now he's he's seventeen. Presumably, he was you know fifteen or sixteen, depending on how long that that this this situation's been occurring. Exactly, you don't know. Yeah. So his development is really going to be stunted by the fact that he's just stuck in this 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 you know fear driven environment just with his mom and dad. Yeah, and his and his granddad's just died. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a harsh um, opening to the film. Yeah, wasn't it just? Good grief. It's like sorry, bud, and and I, I like the world building. Like when he says, "Like sorry, bud," rolls him over and then shoots him in the head for a pillow. Mm. I I I put together who he was, um, uh, who who the, uh, the the dad who ended up being the dad Paul was, and and, and I was wrong uh, when I when I first saw him and he was the one doing the dirty work. I thought maybe he was a guy who had made a business of going around and taking care of people who were, who had this sickness in this, this world. Uh, you know, he was like a, like an executioner oh, for oh, hire, you... like a wow, compassion a, executioner a for hire. Huge backfill. Right. Nice. <laughs> well, it was so, it was so atmospheric and kind of slow and quiet that I had the time in my head to, 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 to think of that. He gets in his truck and drives off to kill someone else's granddad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, because that's what I like about it. Because most of it's like largely unspoken, and and it just sort of uh, drip feeds you the bits you need, and and give and challenges you to have enough intelligence to to be able to pick up the ball and run with it from the tiny bits, or to assume that you know Joel Edgerton is is some sort of <laughs> uh, octogenarian hitman, <laughs> freelance executioner for hire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just driving around the woods. <laughs> Um, but uh, uh, that kind of speaking, kind of like in inferring and 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 figuring out stuff. 
I, I still I'm still working out what I made of the the kind of the dream sequences. Um right. or if they were dream sequences even. Um, you know, the moments where there was the, the you know, where he went outside a couple of times and then um because uh, it, it's granddad there. Yeah, but, yeah. You know. And then there's there's the moment where Riley Keogh comes into his room and drips the blood in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah, it was it was just I, I I'm still still working through what that really was. Right. Did you notice, because this is, this is key to the, well, I was texting you that I needed a question answered for myself. Yeah. Did you notice all those dream sequences went into a slightly different aspect? I did notice that, yes. It, it, it felt much more scopey kind of on it. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. It goes from like a, yeah, to about two. to scope, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, yeah, 185 to 240 kind of-ish okay. thing. Uh, the extremes, so. Yeah. Um, depending on your yeah well and and that was that was kind of when 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 he has the moment where he finds the door open uh after the families are, are together and he finds the, the the door open and he doesn't go into the the room where the dog is you know um and we never really that that question's never really answered of who opened that door and they no, make, yeah, they, exactly yeah none of and those they, questions are answered so. no and like, they made is, a, is the boy sick at the end or is the you know yeah we, we yeah i noticed that because like the riley keogh character is keeping him very close so yeah. we never see any of the signs that we've been taught are symptomatic of this illness you could you could see his arms in the second viewing i very much looked at the boy as much as you could see him and you could see his arms and i don't know sores okay no okay. sores no marks yeah um not much of anything but then why do they need to leave so you this is the thing and this is what I like um, sometimes at best in these kind of films where you kind of you you it's more about what you take away from it. Well, not just films, but like art generally. So yeah. it's about what it means to you that's oh, yeah. more important to, than what they're to, trying to communicate than, than what it is. So it doesn't yeah. need all that bullshit things. It's about what you think about, it. and some people don't like that kind of stuff. But um, but I I very much do at the, that end of the spectrum, and. Um, so this this film's got a lot of that, and I went into it relatively cold. I knew some bits about it. Um, I had avoided um, reviews and stuff for it uh, when they came out when it came out over there, knowing that we were going to get it later, and knowing that the buzz from whatever festival it played was strong, uh-huh. and um, and knowing knowing I would try and track it down, and uh, and so I went into it relatively cold. I don't think I even saw the trailer. If I did, I saw it quite a while back. I, and, I, I'm uh, having a memory of seeing seeing a trailer for this and, and just kind of having it pass me by or I was rushing into whatever screening I was going into and, and it was playing as I was walking up to my seat or something. Because I, 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 particularly Joel Edgerton's beardy face rang a bell. So, Right. Yeah. Um, any, any film he's in. Oh, that's true, yeah. Killing uh, granddads. <laughs> <laughs> Joel uh, Edgerton is the hitman. <laughs> The exterminator. <laughs> really PG thirteen. <laughs> um, um, but uh, but yeah. So the whole sequence where um, where Travis gets this this was kind of the the, the beginning of the breakdown of. Oh, actually, no. Let's let's go back a little bit. So the, this there's the scene where. Uh, the what's his what's the character's name? Uh, Will. That's it. Will breaks into the house because he thinks it's abandoned, and I, does can, he? Exactly. He yeah. says he says he, he thinks says. it's abandoned. Abandoned. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. 
and this is something that really really on that topic of of whether he's telling the truth or not consistently did you think that the fact that he told the truth about having a, a wife and son in the place that he said he was led to his credibility do you think it do you think it, it lent lent to that further and allowed us to kind of go well actually he is just a desperate guy who wants to take care of his family or were things like the inconsistency in the whiskey drinking scene um proof that he wasn't being entirely forthcoming and there was something maybe that uh, maybe he did have a connection to those two guys that that ended up shooting up the truck I like that it makes you wonder. Okay. And because of my enjoyment of these things that I like that it makes you wonder, I'm usually more interested in hearing other people's opinions on these matters than I am. I I haven't seen you without your glasses in a while. Look quite amusing. (laughs) (laughs) Your eyes look tiny. Um, uh, So... um, where was I going with this? Yeah, so so getting, gathering other people's opinion is often more interesting to me than than trying to figure out what I think of it, because okay. I get why they've done certain things to to make you wonder. Yeah, and because of that, I just take it as a piece of um, a piece intended to make you wonder. Okay. So so I I don't really have strong opinions on that kind of those story elements because I know that that's the point of them. Right, and the ending so, definitely is that. I, I heard a couple of grumbles when the end came. See, that's the question I needed an- answering because you know that whole end section goes into, pardon me, goes into scope. Yeah. Oh, I didn't so, notice that that happened actually. Ah, no. uh, yeah. Well, this is the thing. It starts on the stairs. It starts drifting in on the stairs. Does it now? And then that whole section is because I thought it started when it cut to uh, Travis. And he's listening to it. And I yes. thought, okay, so this is what he he thinks is happening outside. But it's not. It starts before then. So it starts creeping in when they're on the stairs or possibly just before the stairs when um, they're like, we both put our guns. This is easy. We both put our guns down. Right. You know, um, it starts there and then it carries on throughout until we fade to black. Because the thing when it finished for me in the first screening was, was that last shot when there's just two of them stood there and there's the empty chair in the background? Yeah. Was that back in the real real world aspect ratio? And and we're meant to infer from that that Tra- or we could infer from that that Travis is dead and they they've buried yes. and burned him. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That would be my visual storytelling. That or very much that he's in the other room and dead. Or that yeah. basically they're they're alone now and they're fucked. Right. Um because if he if he was sick and's dead, well, you know, which he was the contact that they were having means they're definitely going to get it. They yeah. got 24 hours at top. Yeah. Um, and, uh, or, or, you know, whatever version of that you want to take away from what that shot means of just them sat there. I mean, it's, it's an utter despair thing, but I, because it was Travis's nightmare for me, I was like, if that shot was in the wider aspect ratio, then the film's now about them. Yes. And, and that's perfect, the perfect ending. But the whole thing, that whole last thing was the in whole scope. Thing. So, Interesting, because I was thinking maybe uh, the, the 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 shot that that pops into mind that might have split back out into into the regular uh, aspect was the moment where uh, after um, 
Paul has has had the fight with Will, and Will's got the upper hand, and then he's shot. You know, all the shooting's gone down. There's a, a shot fighting. Him. He was just bashing him it's in just, with the. It rock. was yeah. He was just like, mashing how he his face stood up from that. I don't know. I know. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought he was dying. Thick skin. Yeah, I thought he was dead at that point. I thought. I thought. I thought that that was that was going to be the end of the Will character, mm. and it was going to be the mom that was going to shoot, and then it was just going to be the mom and the son who were left over. Right. Um, but uh, I I thought that this is a, a a little scene where he's kind of just leant forward head in hands and he's just really crying and i was wondering if, if that popped back out then that might be like is he crying over what's just gone down with you know having just shot a little kid a mom and a, and, a, and and a dad or is he mm. is he sad because travis has has, has shown symptoms and, and died and he's had to or he's had to kill him you know but you're right this kind of film really does just leave you with kind of so many more questions than answers and and i think people who struggle with that are people who don't like these kinds of films um those were the people who yeah. there were a couple of people in there who, who were just like Ugh. like when the film ended you know and especially as it was quiet when it ended i heard them they were like it was almost like a really <laughs> and then i actually yeah. heard one, well, i think that's yeah i actually had one woman say i didn't like that i didn't i didn't like that like a couple of times like that <laughs> It's like, yeah, you're not comfortable with ambiguity, are you? <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't like that. Yeah, I, didn't like that. I, I, I didn't like that. <laughs> there was a really cute hipster couple who were a couple of rows uh, across the aisle in front of me who seemed to really dig it. So I have had it described as credits. hipster horror. Okay. And uh, and I'm not sure I like that. No, nah, uh, I don't think it's true. I don't think it but it's, needs, you know, needs it's that label. Art horror or whatever. I don't yeah. know. Like it's, it's, know. it's an indie movie, you know. I don't care. Sure. A sure. lot of people have... have, have, have um, have gone away from calling it a uh, horror and just calling it a thriller or a, you know, a, a tense, whatever. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the same words you used at the start of this. Yeah. But, um, but I, I, for me, it's ultimately, it is so it's horror is a broad church. Yeah. And, and I, I quite like horror movies. So like, but I, I mean, I'm less worried about the jump scary rubbish, you know, Sure. but I, I like, you know, um, I'm going to see what I can see on the shelf behind me. Um, Pan's Labyrinth, The Eye, um, Recycle, uh, The Grudge, Japanese ones. I like Japanese. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, there's going to be some more back there. There's going to be several copies of Evil Dead back there somewhere. Yeah. Um, but no, I quite like horror movies and I quite like... Um, the thought-provoking sort of indie movie end of things and, and combining those two is usually pretty good. Like we got Get Out this year, which was great. Um, and uh, um, oh, I can't think of any other examples. Well, I, I, and I think I think as far as the the types of genre, like within within the genres of our preference, I think we're, we're similar in that respect because I tend to like those thoughtful, boring sci-fi movies. So... Um, yeah, I think that's one of the the things is like we we like a lot of the same things, but I'm more of a horror. You're a bit more sci-fi. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Not to get too far off topic, but I was uh, I talk. I went went to lunch with some guys from work this week, and we were just talking about movies, and uh, uh, the the subject of Arrival came up. And okay. before I was I was taking a, a swig of my drink at the time, and before I could I could get in with it, I really like. It. Everyone's like, oh, it was terrible. Oh, and, oh really? Yeah, and I was I was like I really liked it actually, and they were like really, they had no idea why I liked it, and I was like yeah, it was it, it kind of left me with questions, and you weren't quite sure what was happening, and it was, 
all over the place in terms of time. And then there were the like nice long atmospheric sequences where, which gave me a chance to, to kind of get into the universe. And they were like, yeah, nothing happened. Did it? I was like, okay. And then, and then Barry <laughs> threw his taco at me. <laughs> Corn dog actually, but. Oh yeah! What? There's <laughs> a corn dog. Just beating me with oh, a corn dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even take it. It's got on like a little, you know, those uh, little pieces of wire that you zip in with, you know, boop boop. And yeah. You just you put his corn dog to it. And he's beating you with it, and then catching it, and beating with you, and then catching it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that was well for a while. That was my film of last year, and I then um, I think great. it ended up number three for the year in the end. But no, I, I, yeah, I absolutely adored that, and and you know that's your guy who's making your new Blade Runner and yep. uh, made um, um, what else did Der- Dennis Villeneuve make? He made one I really loved, and I can't remember what it was. There was Prisoners, which I respect, but I think it's it's very much like a lot of actors I know really really loved it. And um and I, I couldn't get past some of the the performances in it. Oh um, really? Okay. But I, I've got to give it another go because it looked great. But it wasn't. Uh, everyone was telling me it was a masterpiece, and I but I came to him a little later than that. Um, but what was the one after that that I really really loved? I never saw Enemy, and I still haven't. Oh, Sicario. Sicario. That's it. Yeah, I, which I still yeah, haven't seen. That, and I want to see. See, that was my film of the year before. Yes. So um, yeah, so. I loved Sicario and then I loved Arrival, um, but Arrival didn't quite get to the, the top of the year because, and it's very specific to me. It was the mechanics of the editing style yeah, and the way it, um, way it hid certain things. And, and because of that, and it, this is, this is partially on me for going back to pull it apart in the cinema even more. Um, the way once you did pull it apart, some of the magic trick was exposed. And so that sort of damaged the overall of it. I mean, it still yeah. ended up number three for the year. So that's pretty, you know, it, rarefied air, but um, it was definitely more tied up than than something like it comes at night. Um, yes. you know the 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 whole retrospective and the and the fact that we found out that it was kind of being told from a uh, a perspective in the future was, or maybe it was. But it was well, that's kind the of, thing. That's kind of what I loved about it. Yeah, the whole sequence that led up to the end, uh, where the 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 two families. And I really like the fact that they had the same number of people within the families as well. There was the, the hmm. even though uh, was it Andrew, I think, was a young kid. Um, even though he was yeah. much younger than the Travis character, there was a nice scene of them coloring together and stuff. And which, which again, led me to kind of think, wow, when did this? How long? How long have they been alone? Um, and because lo- because uh, Travis was still given for he was drawing nightmares pictures, but he was still drawing. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah those those kind of um, the charcoal pictures that he was drawing after. Yeah. The dog died. Was uh, yeah, that was that was, or maybe it was after the grandpa died. It might have been right at the start. I can't remember. I think it was after the after the, the dog died because uh, it was after. Yeah, it's he comes or in it was after to tell him left. they're going to look yeah. for him. Yeah, it's just after uh, the dog he, left. We'll go looking for him at first light. Yeah. yeah, and he's there drawing his weird World War Two gas mask helmet. Yeah, pages. yeah, it was really really creepy. Um, and I, I thought that was going to be the start of increased division between Paul and Travis, and it, and it really didn't. Um, and there was a, there was because there was a moment where Paul was walking out of the room, almost out of shot, maybe even completely out of shot. But you can kind of tell that he was walking out of the room. Probably completely out of shot, but I'll get to that in a minute. There's a um, there's a okay. There's things to be said about the framing of the film. Oh, okay. Uh, and and just as he's leaving, Travis turns over his shoulder and, and, and like kind of says, Oh, thanks dad. Or, or something like that. that. And, you know, there's a reconnection there that, that doesn't 
create that split that I was kind of hoping wouldn't happen. I was, I was so invested in this little family at that point that I was like, no, no, you've got to stay together. You know, you've got to, you've got to be, be a unit at, the, at this time. And, um, you know, especially if one of you is going to die. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I thought that was, that was kind of interesting, but it did make me think, um, uh, how long has, has this been going on? And at what point did it become just the three of them? Um, uh, and, and well, what point did it become the three of them at uh, the start of the movie? Oh, good point. Yeah. Uh, or, or, yeah, you <laughs> smart ass. We got Bud so quickly. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, part, part of the, the job of Executioner is to, to you know, completely write them out, out of their lives. Yeah, okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yeah, so... <laughs> There's, a, there's an interesting trick that they pull several times in the film, and I'd need to go back to it more to be sure. But okay. um, essentially, anytime there's more than one character on screen, it'll eventually isolate one of them. Okay. So there's, there's so if there's three of them on screen, it'll cut one of them out and leave two. If there's two of them on screen, it'll eventually one of them will either leave the frame or it'll push in on one. And so eventually, it's kind of like it's it's a paranoia kind of thing. It's isolation. And yeah. you'll keep they'll keep characters apart, and they'll be looking at each other, so there'll be one as, or you'll have three, and it'll it'll Push you know it it'll divide or, yeah. people, or it'll you know, okay. And it's it's kind of interesting how it does it. I quite I quite like that. If you have a scene of three people, it'll either cut one of them out in the shot, or it'll be two and a one. You know, interesting. And uh, and well, it like does this a bunch one of times. In the back, like people in, in in the far background where they're they're kind of so they're insignificant uh, at that point. There was that that. Going back to that scene where where the dog's just been killed, there's Travis on the left, Mom on the right, and to think thinking about it, she's leaning into shot when she's touching him. She's out, mostly yeah. out of shot, but she keeps leaning into shot. And then you've got I think, and I think the camera eventually moves in and cuts her it, out even it, more. It, so it's it just, may well yeah. do. Uh, but you've got Riley Keough and and the and the kid in the background, but they're very still, mm. and they're they're they are almost like scenery in that. And that's I remember kind of thinking, oh, that's interesting because they're there and they're kind of wanting to be there for uh travis in this this hard time and i, I think that's after they've ha- kind of had the little midnight connection um which i really liked by the way i thought that was that was kind of a cute scene and the, the fact that it was kind of undercut by that slightly sinister nature of 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 him checking her out and then there was a little bit of him listening to them or maybe a dream of him listening to them bang in the bath um mm. i thought that was kind of kind of kind of interesting because she wanted to be there for him in a way but she was torn because she realized this was a very intimate moment between him and his mom and also or, or maybe just an isolated moment for him where he's got to deal with this grief of losing his best friend i, th- I think i've thought about this film more than i've thought about any film in 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 quite a long time um i'm, I'm kind good because that's i'm glad because yeah. it's it, 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 i haven't haven't I, I can't say i've watched a film like this in a while um and uh, yeah, it's really it's 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 fun. It's 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 an, it's it was really it was a really interesting trip for me to to watch something that's that's slightly outside of my wheelhouse as far as genre goes. You know, I'm not I'm not the biggest horror fan. I wouldn't describe myself as such. Um, but it was it was yeah, it was really really engaging. Um, really kind of kind of caught me from from the very start. Actually, obviously having made made up the the silly backstory for Paul in my head before I uh, anything was established. <laughs> Like, oh, we're not. It's not that movie. <laughs> <laughs> pay, pay, pay fucking attention. <laughs> Shrill music and you know the dogs 
gonna die. Yeah. First time I saw that dog, I was like, Oh, oh I know. I thought don't that you too. kill that dog. This yeah. is the kind of movie where they're gonna kill the dog. It is. Um so uh from from the I don't really have any fixed opinions on this. What do you think? Um how did that door get open? Oh you see, I was uh, I was kind of thinking Travis did it in a in a in a stupor and in, in kind of like a blackout. That was that was okay. my my thought, but I think I need to see it again before I can really truly answer that question with any kind of not confidence, but 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 a, li- a little more certainty. Um, I will say, having seen it twice, I don't think the film gives you enough. anything. It's gonna be it's gonna be raw feeling and opinion. Okay. Like so, I don't think there's much to be had in terms of. Uh... So, sorry. So, so they deliberately when uh, when they when when Paul brings Will, Kim, and Andrew back to the house, um, they're sitting down at the dinner table, and he very deliberately says, uh, he talks about the door and how that's the only way in and out of the house, and I have the one key, set of keys, or yeah. Sarah will have it, and in so so that that kind of makes me think it. it Unless there was some thievery going on, it, it can't have been Andrew. Well, I yeah, but they only ever show that door being opened and closed with the with the bolt. True. And they replace the bolt after the doors originally kicked in when uh, when Will when Will comes in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I think the key must be for the outer door. Ah, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, where but that's this? all. The thing is, that's also open, and and I only ever see oh, that yeah. being locked with a bolt as well. Yeah. So I, I actually don't. I think the key actually doesn't doesn't really make a lot of sense because it looks like most of those doors are bolted from the inside. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know that at any point you actually see him. You know, even when he goes out, um, uh, when when he's knocked Will out at the start with the oh, and he goes out to like look around. And he goes out to oh, check. That... I think he only unbolts it again as well. So was, those keys yeah, might be right. for something else altogether. I was so but, clenched um, when at that moment when he was out there. You know, it's it's all like it's 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 all like either POV from from the gun's point of view with the torch. Or you know a, a shot from far away of that torch running around or coming at you. It's like, oh man, he's going to see something. Um, kind of glad he didn't actually. Uh, not just because I, I I wanted to you know keep my pants clean, but also because uh, because I think it, it helped build that tension further. And the whole you know when the dog runs off and Travis says he saw something or the dog saw something. Travis and, looks up, doesn't and, he? And we're like, what are we seeing? What? And you see that kind of like the you, sorry, you hear that kind of uh, like um, kind of yeah. kind of you hear like monster noises. Essentially. Yeah. So and then but, the you know dog stops and oh, I just got a bit shivery. Yeah. You see my check out my sweet. Oh, there you so, go. Hair standing on oh, end. My hair standing yeah. up. For screenshot that. The bloody goose flesh. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and I was, I was kind of <laughs> way up. <laughs> I was kind of glad they didn't do. Uh, because I was, I was, I didn't know. Like I said, I didn't know what to expect from the film. But, but by, um, by the time that scene had happened, I was expecting more of it than to have like a, 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 a an army of zombies kind of coming over the hill, and you know, kind of you know, coming after. Yeah, it was them. never going to be that film, was it? No, it never was. And I'm glad there was the one little bit where where first with Travis in his 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 nightmares and um bud turns around he kind of goes through the red it's the first time we go through the red door 
and yeah. that that whole sequence was really pretty i thought and very and the cinematography was gorgeous there's the moment where it starts on the what i called in my head while i was watching it like a very kind of catholic middle ages type painting yeah the, 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 yeah. the, the skeletons and the and all the, the bodies and stuff and then it then it kind of it, it pans around to the corridor and then you get a little bit of the family photo yeah. wall yeah and then it, it pushes very slowly down into the into the red door and then we see i think i think it's that moment we go through the red door and we we see bud sitting there and he kind of there's, there's a jump scare at that point and i was preparing myself for it i kind of knew it was coming so i got a bit of a shiver but i didn't jump because I, I knew it was it's actually I, I not it is it because he's just he's just turned around like that isn't he yeah that's right yeah and, and, and you're waiting for the back to turn around and be like yeah and, it, and that's yeah there is a moment where 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 he does kind of look up and there's a kind of moment like that. No, it's actually, but he's already woken up by that point. Oh, there's he? that little. There's a couple of little bits. Well, I'm pretty sure, or it's a flashes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, right because I I remember there being blood, like the black blood. But actually, oh, yeah. on on rewatch, I don't think it's there. I think huh. I, I I put more into that than was there. But um, there's a bit like there's a couple of bits where in it where it'll do almost like the Captain Scarlet um, double cut thing. Yeah. And it'll so it'll go back to him like waking up, and then there'll just be one more shot. They did it with the black eyes as well, and they did it with his arms. Yeah, yeah. You know, they did it with his arms when he woke up, and he was like, "Yes, ah! oh and yeah," and he's scratching, the, yeah, and it get back, yeah. it went back and forth a few times. It did. Yeah, it it kind of does that a few times with the uh, with whatever the dream uh, thing was. Yeah, and um, and I I kind of really dug that too. The 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 dream stuff was it. I mean, I think Luke's take on it was that. You know, essentially, a lot of this was the 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 uh, certainly the ending, but a lot of the dreams and stuff were the ravings of the mind that was already sick. Right. Whether it had a lot of interaction with his granddad or whatever, but I mean, the time scale doesn't quite work with that. But no, because it was less than twenty four hours, wasn't it? Yeah, but then what the fuck do they know? Because right, yeah, they've been in the woods since this thing started. Everything yeah, they've, yeah. they everything they're assuming, you know, on this is you know entirely well, based on. And, and it, it might take him less than twenty four hours to become symptomatic from their point of view. But yeah. I mean, that internal torture could have been going on Bud's head for for months, for all they know. Yeah. Plus, Bud's an old sick man, right? To start with, so like the incubation times of that versus a seventeen-year-old boy could be wildly different. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's the you know those are the kind of things that this kind of film makes you think. Yeah, and that, that I really like that. I think that's cool. And um, that's that's the beauty of it in a way. Like, and that yeah. that uh, super downer ending. Um, uh, it's it's like you. Um, have I ever made you sit down and watch Evil Dead with me? I can't no, remember. No, we've never watched it. The the music at the end of Evil Dead is really jolly. So oh, it really? ends on a kind of like really crazy thing, and then the music's like, there's a whole sea of films that end with these huge downers. Yeah. That when they fade to black, I always think they should be like, rup, 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 <laughs> and um. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but I mean, by the time I left Cambridge, Dave, who I lived with in Cambridge, like there was occasional films where we'd go and see it and they'd end like that, and he'd turn to me and be like, <laughs> you know. So it's it's just like it is a like I always feel these films should end like that. That's, yeah, this was definitely one of them, uh, and um, you know, like this sort of weirdly cheery music just to send you away. Yeah, which you know? it didn't do. It was you know, it was, it was very yeah. uh, atmospheric. The score in general was fine not great in my opinion um it, it was kind of it was perfect for, for what this is uh but it didn't push the boat out in terms of furthering the genre any it was that kind of noisy atmospheric type stuff it was done by someone who did something i liked i think hang on a minute 
It's not your. I don't think it's it's not your fellow who's doing Blade Runner, is it? No, no, no. It was, it was, no, it's and his stuff's far more electronic from the stuff I've heard as well. This was definitely, you know, some cellos in a room. In fact, I think I saw. I think it was a. Uh, it was like a court. No, no, like a small ensemble of. Uh, it wasn't like a full orchestra because the the individuals were credited, like cello, viola, violin, which was which was nice to see. I quite like that. I didn't stay all the way through the credits, unfortunately, which I normally would do, because the uh, slightly grumpy teenage girl who was sweeping up wanted to get into my row. Um, he's done several things. A guy called uh, Brian McOber, but actually none of them. Okay. Um, he's a drummer and composer. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, actually none of them, there's nothing that jumps out as the thing I, I would have liked the music he did in. But, um, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he didn't do something I liked. Okay. No, I thought it was fine. It, it wasn't, you know, mind-blowing, but it was It was, It was. was good enough if, if he was responsible for some of the kind of, the, the more noisy, dissonant stuff that, that, uh, that, that built the tension in some of those scenes, then he did an excellent job. This shrill kind of string kind yeah. of stuff really, really gets me. Like that kind of just kind of yeah. Um, that that'll work on me every time. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, no. So I mean, I didn't notice the 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 the, the quality of the music, should we say? But it's certainly the effect of the overall soundscape worked yeah. for me. Yeah, um, and, and, that, and for this kind of film, I actually think that's a good thing. I, I don't think you really should notice the soundtrack or the score. I think it really should be woven within the the general soundscape to, to help build the atmosphere. And the fact that I kind of can't recall any stings or, or themes is, is I think, for this genre, a good thing. I don't, I don't think it needs a big kind of like, you know, memorable da-da-da-da-da or anything like that. <laughs> it comes that night. Here it comes. <laughs> we are um, going to kill the dog. <laughs> oh, not the dog. Um, <laughs> feel bad when they kill a dog in a film. Um, we killed the dog. We shot him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> um, no edit. <laughs> no edit. Leave the leave that shit in. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I've. I want nothing else from this universe. I really want it to be a, a wonderful little one-off yeah. thing that I return to again and again whenever I'm feeling slightly misanthropic. I don't. I don't think. It, I don't think they should do. It comes at night again. Yeah. It still or comes at night. How it came at night. You yeah, know, like yeah, the, yeah. The backstory bullshit kind of. It one. will so come like, at night. For the did you ever call. see the mist? Uh, yes, that was Aronofsky, wasn't it? No, that was no? Uh, Frank Darabont. Frank Darabont, okay. What am I thinking of? And that was um, anyway. That was a, was that? I can't think of what I'm thinking of. That's Darren Aronofsky. That's got a similar sort of name. Pi. No, that was uh, oh, that was this. I didn't even know that was Darren Aronofsky film. That was the first one of his that I saw. Then I watched that because I like the music. Uh, my, oh. uncle, my uncle. Oh, the dance kind of. Yeah, it had a lot of drum and bass in it. Um, anyway, that was by someone good as well. Um, pretty size actually. Was it? I think so. Oh, okay, sweet deal. But no, like the mist and um, you know these these things that feel like a Get Out is a modern one, but that's a bit more comedic in its own little way. 
um, these things that feel like massive Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah, and I kind of, I kind of really dig them, and um, you know, I don't want them to be overplayed, and I don't want them to be sequelized or anything like that. Not that everything you know has to be or should be, but but this, yeah, this especially is just a wonderful thing. I will be amazed if this isn't in my top ten at the end of the year. Yeah, um, I haven't plugged it through the uh, the running list I've got at the moment, which I last apparently edited on the tenth of June. Um, I keep it on my phone just that to make sense. it easier for myself come December. Oh, um, um, but uh, but yeah, I'll be amazed if it's not in there unless something really really turns me against it. I, I'll uh, yeah, I can't say what word. T- yeah. What, so what did you did you have any problem with the the, the female characters in, in the movie? I, 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 I just didn't, kind of... and usually that's something that lately has been a very big bugbear for me. I thought um, everyone in it was either appropriately shallow or had enough like subtextual development that it that they all worked for me. You know, okay. Travis was like bubbling hormonally, and the mother was uh, was amazingly kind of um, strong willed but blinkered, like she was saying you. You don't know what people get like when they're really desperate. They act really yeah. strange. It's like this is what you're doing. This yeah, is literally exactly, you. Yeah. You're describing you, and she didn't realize it. Uh, Riley Keough was, you know, was all about being the mother, and those screams at the end it just oh cut through you. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that was that um, was. I was kind of like, w- as as morbid as it sounds, I was kind of glad when he shot her because it was like putting her out of her misery. It was. No, that's what she's yelling, isn't she? She's like, yeah, shoot me, yeah, kill me, kill, kill me, me, yeah. yeah. Oh man, um, yeah, that was and, harsh. Uh, um, Will is either a good man protecting his family or a duplicitous man protecting his family. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, 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 Paul is is a, an exterminator running his little business. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the capitalist, uh, capitalist wunderkind in the in the apocalypse. You know. <laughs> post-apocalyptic entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose my problem was with was was main, mainly with the uh, the Sarah character, the mother. Um, I, I just kind of felt like they, at a certain point, made her a little bit helpless. Um, and and, and oh, that's fair. Al- although yeah. that although that quite uh, that that could be the role that people fall into. I felt like there was a moment, there was a scene where Will and Paul were going off to do something and that you know that they're, they're gearing up and stuff uh and it was it was before it, no it was after the, the the family was all there so they were going off to do man stuff and it kind of felt like they're going off to do man stuff and the the women and children are staying home a little bit and although i think that might be the truth of a situation like that it still kind of made me go hmm about the filmmakers decisions to do that you know no that's actually that's very fair and i i Actually, now now you bring it up, yeah, it was one of those things that I I did notice that it was like, oh, okay, we've got some sort of traditional gender roles happening here, you know. In which, you which know, is, I don't think it's necessarily a problem, especially in a, in, a, in a circumstance like that where it's post-apocalyptic and you're kind of rebuilding. You, you, you maybe the implication is there, or the inference I could take is is well, not that it necessarily has to, but in when you go back to a primitive, more primitive society, the roles within the family or the roles within society become more primitive as well because there's this regression that's taken place because they're living off the land and there's that there's that whole little sequence when the family first gets there when when will and the, and his family first get there um where which which i kind of uh, had in my mind i titled it survivalist montage where 
uh, Will and Travis and those guys are, are, are you know, kind of doing the, the the wood chopping and stuff. And then yeah, I was about to say we're chopping some wood. And yeah, we're, doing, we're burning some bodies. And Sarah and Kim are. Uh, like doing the water, like purifying the water, boiling up the water, and and it, it was it did kind of feel like a bit of a a, a montage. Do you? Here's it's just to throw this criticism back at you. So, is the portrayal of Sarah as a as a you know a good mother and a homemaker and you know those sort of traditional yeah. gender roles? Is that a criticism on the Sarah character? No, no, I don't. I don't think so. I I, I think I, I think that it is a uh, my my. Discomfort was with it uh, was maybe just not analyzed fully or not not thought out fully. But as I was watching, it, I was kind of thinking they really all all they ha- they're having her do is be kind of you know like mama watchdog, uh, and then you know help for her husband. That that's kind of what it felt like. So it's it, I don't it's not a criticism on the the, the character her, herself. Um but maybe just kind of a first reaction on uh, the way the filmmakers portrayed her in that role. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. It's not, um, but now we're talking about than, it. I'm, I'm kind of evolving on it as we speak. Yeah, no, I, I just wanted, cause, cause I, I hadn't really thought about it as much as you have, but I did. Yeah. Like I say, now you mentioned, I did notice the, the kind of them stepping back as the, as the men went out to man stuff, Yeah, you know? And, um, and it it is interesting, but now, yeah, because I'm thinking about it, whether or not the 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 contrast between okay, so here's Sarah with a gun, you know, and a mask, and she can do stuff, and but like, but Kim is she's she's drawing back as a mother. So is it is it showing that maybe Kim's a better mother than than Sarah is? Whether or not there's a there's a contrast to be had there in the same way that Will is probably a more attentive father look he's teaching him how to chop the wood yeah. than than paul is interesting paul's yeah, just like yeah. your fucking dog's gone just deal with it yeah you know whereas 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 you know whether that's a better family unit um, yeah than, and, and, than they've got him I, that's that's interesting thought i suppose my, my first reaction to that is well uh it's it's not necessarily better or worse it's different and it's because the because travis is older um you know okay. they they Will and Kim have got to be more protective of Andrew because he's a small child. Um, whereas, uh, you know, uh, Paul and Sarah are at that point of, of Will becoming a man, uh, you know, 17 is, it's not, I don't think they accident, they, they pick that, that age accidentally at all. That's right on mm. the cusp of, you know, what Western society deems to be manhood. Um, so, so I, I think what was, what you could, you could reason out that you're seeing there is, is less, it's not less attentive. It's more, allowing him to develop and, and become uh, independent and not coddle him in this very unfriendly world. Right. So he's got to grow up fast because because he's got to become productive. Case, and, yeah. And again, to your reading of it, has Andrew known anything but this? Was he born? Yeah. Interesting question. Because I, 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 if not, because they're, they're coddling him. Yeah. They're not like, you got to learn how to run because there's these guys in the woods and there's yeah. whatever and something stealing dogs and and uh, uh, um, the, uh, the 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 post apocalyptic entrepreneur will come and get you you know in the <laughs> night maybe that's it it comes at night is Joel Edgerton <laughs> Joel Edgerton yeah. comes at night I think I think Will uh, I think Will and Sarah are over if 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 Andrew hasn't been born 
since this all started happening. Um, they are so afraid that he's going to be taken either by someone who is, you know, bad and out to get them or by this, whatever this illness is, um, that that has kind of driven them to be so heavily and overprotective of him. Uh, by the way Travis behaves and the fact that as, even as a 17 year old, he still has some fairly childlike behaviors. I would Ooh. say, I, I would say that I, I probably would lean on uh, to, to the side of, of Andrew having been born into this world. Right. That's I, um, I hadn't really considered because I don't bother. Like I said, I don't really yeah. form opinions on this stuff. I know that it's great to, make you think this stuff so i i enjoy it for that like oh sure. look it's making it's making people think and then and then i i canvas opinions that apparently I, I haven't looked at them but i have heard that there are a lot of political readings of this film online huh. and a, apparently the director has shot them down oh really okay good yeah and I, so i don't know which end those come from but there's obviously a right-wing fantasy element to it with the survivalist um, na nature of it sure. yeah and, and i would i would say that he's probably shot those down i know there was a quote about how the uh, aspect ratio at the ending was very much about the nightmare becoming real. Okay. And so the end of, you know, leaving you on that shot where you're not back in the real world, it's still the nightmare means that, you know, they are fucked, that this okay. is the end. But I would have liked it to have popped back out so that the... You knew that it that was, it was just, real again. That it was, yeah, that it was... <clears> the, the, okay, so that convolution of things at the end is like completely nightmarish and... And you know, and whatever, or you could say like Travis imagined some of that, or whatever, because he's not out there. And yeah. I think it's very much Travis's story, by the way. I think regardless of of how you you dot around between characters, I think Travis is your through line. You're seeing oh, yeah. it with Travis as your or your entryway. No doubt, absolutely. You only ever see his nightmares, for instance. Um, True. And uh, and so you know, essentially the the Luke's thing about it being the fever dream of a dying boy. Um, sort of rings true but i would have liked that shot to be declaratively the real world with that yeah. empty chair and with them sat there he's still got his bloody rock beaten in face and and you know the, the their son is dead and they're probably going to die and that was definitive and that would have been made by having you know your full your yeah, full ratio popping it back but it's yeah. it's not it's not too big a deal because most people won't have noticed the ratio change and if they would have done it would only have been psychological you know, the fact that I noticed it creeping in line by line, you know. Yeah. Um, and I was like, ooh, we're doing something. You know, like, you know, but it doesn't, it never pulled me out of it. That's the thing, because a lot of the gimmicky aspect ratio changes will, and this never did. I, I It just seemed so smoothly done. I think, um, I think very suddenly of Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay, yeah, that had yeah. a bunch of shifts, or uh, Transformers did. Uh, in a, oh, did it? Uh, it's one. Yeah, yeah, the, the IMAX definitely did. When it went to 35, it went... Gotcha. Popping in and out of uh, of uh, different aspect ratios. Hmm. Interesting. So, so going back to the Luke's comment of of the you know the fever dream of a dying boy, um, yeah. one of the comments that I heard after the end of the film was, um, someone was like, "Well, what if the whole thing was just all in Travis's head? None yeah, of exactly. this actually happened." Because di didn't Luke think that it was maybe just that end sequence that was all in his head? Or was it? Was it the? Uh, that's the whole why thing? I would have liked to have, have had him on this actually okay, yeah. to see <laughs> to see exactly what that meant. And I, I, I think he meant both ways. I think you okay. could say that the ending was that which was coming out of it was like my 
original take on that ending until yeah. that last shot when I was like, wait, was that what aspect ratio was that last showing? <laughs> yeah. It was just like, shit, I, <laughs> I didn't catch it. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. You say the filmmakers kind of shot down stuff online about, about uh, the political side of things. Uh, hopefully they don't get involved with any kind of the inference of, of the stuff that we're talking about. Uh, providing no, I, I don't, any dissolution of ambiguity. I don't think they have, Good. other than to, to to comment on that ending and the nightmare becoming real. Okay. You know, I don't think they've been like, well, no, no, it's this is what it's I meant. Very clear that he's yeah. an executioner driving around in a van, <laughs> <laughs> taking money from families to kill their granddad. That's you completely misunderstood that film, sir. <laughs> uh. Uh, I should write a fake IMDb review of it or something. Or fake IMDb summary. Have you read any of the IMDb reviews? They are amazing. I, I saw that screenshot one... that you sent. Yeah, yeah. It's like utter crap or something like that. Yeah, it was so boring. Nothing even came at night. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Let me bring you up a couple. Okay. <laughs> Why we're here. Why we're... Let's cap this off with a few, few uh, IMDb review readings. Dramatic readings. Um... Right, so uh, where are we? Where I'll find reviews? one to read too. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's, let's find our favorite ones and we'll, we'll cap it up. Have you got anything to add before we do our reviews? I, I don't think so. Uh, other than to say, I, I really enjoyed it. Actually, the point that I did want want to make on, on the back of that, um, you know, whether the filmmakers had said anything. Uh, it was uh, the Overlook Film Festival, by the way. Just to say, that's Overlook. on IMDb too. Okay. It was the over, the first Overlook Film Festival, which is called Horror Festival. They've started at the Hotel from The Shining. Okay. They're doing a film festival up there, and um, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's very cool. I would love to submit something to it one day, and um, yeah, it premiered at that. So that was the one I would have read the buzz out of. Gotcha. Uh, so, so yeah, the reason that I was uh, I, I I didn't want I, I'm glad they don't do something like that is because when that guy mentioned in in the theater to, to when I overheard him say, "Oh, it could all be a dream," uh, it, it, I, I, it, that kind of made me go, "Oh, a little bit." And I'm glad they don't, they haven't come to any kind of conclusion like that because it, it's kind of like uh, and this is this is I watched um, Red Letter Media's uh, review of uh, Blade Runner recently, and they talk about how Ridley Scott has basically said, "Oh yeah, Deckard's Deckard's totally a replicant. He's totally a replicant. Of course he is." And yeah. that, that kind of makes you go, "Huh." It takes a shine off of the movie a little bit, really, uh, even though I still love that movie. Um. Uh, so if they were to come out and say, yeah, of course it's all a dream, I'd be like, oh, well, I'm not quite as enthralled by it now. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but then I don't know until you decide that you can't do a 2049. No, that's true. So I, I was I talking think... about it comes at night, you know, but, but more, more so. Oh, right. Sorry. I, I thought Blade Runner wise. Um, yeah. But it comes at night 2049. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Harrison Ford's back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if they do that. Right, okay, so this, this review What's it titled? Horrible Movie. One okay, I've chosen a different one, so you go ahead, read it. Okay, this, this is very long, but I'll do you a few bits. This, this movie has a $5 million budget, and I feel like $1 million was spent on the movie, and the other four spent on fake reviews on sites like IMDb. This movie <laughs> was one of the largest pieces of garbage I have ever seen. Then it just says, Spoiler with asterisks next to it. Nothing comes at night. If you read the positive reviews for the uh, reviews for this movie, uh, 
they like to pretend you should imagine what would come at night. I did not pay $13 a ticket to imagine anything. On top of that, one of the main characters is left tied to a tree through a night or two. And guess what? Nothing comes to eat him. <laughs> and then to jump to the end, um, uh, hey, where am I? I need to find a... Save your money. This movie is full of plot holes. Almost no story and just plain sucked. I am disappointed I didn't go to see The House instead. The House is another movie. Okay. Um, That one got bad reviews, but at least I would have known that going into it and wouldn't have led to believe, uh, uh, wouldn't have been led to believe this was going to be good by a bunch of lying hipsters. Seriously, read their reviews. This movie is not profound or even a movie you should think to understand. It's a piece of garbage, low budget movie that was passed off as a blockbuster with a bunch of fake reviews. Oh, wow. So the one that I found is is titled It Comes at Night Will Be Loved by Arty Farty Pretentious Snobs and Hipsters. That's a 3 out of 10 review, though. It's th- I know it's a 3 out of 10 review, but I'm going to name and shame by Vincent-U16 from Belgium. Um, if you have trouble sleeping, worry no more. Just go see this movie. It Comes at Night is a wrongly distributed indie drama with one stretched out storyline. If if you look at movies in, in a way that only you can interpret as wonderfully unappreciated, profound art, then you'll probably absolutely love this movie. If you want movies to be entertained, and it's, I mean, it absolutely means entertaining, and you want to have a good time, then I suggest you skip this one. As You're most supposed re- to infer his review as a piece of subjective art. <laughs> right, I know, yeah. <laughs> uh, as most reviews tell you, this movie is slow and it keeps you waiting for something that just never comes. Even the acting reminds you of the acting you saw in an amateur theatre organisation from school. Overacting is an appropriate term, which is complete horseshit. Mm. I'm sorry, but the, the the performances were extremely subtle in this. Maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, and, and I think where it was demanded... The uh, the emotion was there. Um, so if you like a good horror movie, don't bother. I'm honestly not being pessimistic. I, for example, was very enthusiastic about Don't Breathe or It Follows. This movie hasn't doesn't belong in that in the same list. My advice: go watch another movie in theaters, and maybe if you're still curious, watch this one at home someday. Just don't forget your energy drinks. It absolutely belongs in the same list as Don't Breathe and It Follows. Like yeah. It Follows was bloody amazing. Don't Breathe was um the uh the middle ground kind of one so it's, a, it's okay. kind of part trash yeah and it's part art and it sits right on the intersection and i really like that um and but that had a lot of um uh are you making a drink are you oh, making... sorry. Uh... <laughs> very loud <laughs> i didn't realize that was so loud we got v8 splash terry watermelon oh yeah look at that um in your big old bronze cup um but no, it absolutely deserves to stand with those and, and yeah. a bunch of other of the modern, modern you know, great, great ones of this uh, era. Um, and I think we're in a, a, a bloody renaissance for this kind of stuff at the moment. I think uh, like A24 alone are doing some, some fantastic things without you getting into the other companies. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, let's not create a... Uh... What the hell is it with people from Belgium? There's, another, there's a one-star review just below that from someone else from Belgium who doesn't like it. Which one's that? Just embarrassing, really. Uh, piece of crap, no plot, no movie, big waste of time and money. <laughs> is the title <laughs> and the oh, first dear. line of the review is my title says it all <laughs> uh, it comes through uh, oh no that's the one you just read um, hang on a oh, let's do one more and then we'll leave this okay um, extremely boring and hard to watch 
I fell asleep twice watching this movie. Nothing happens, and I do not know how it, how is the title even relevant to the movie. Maybe if you'd stayed awake. Uh, <laughs> the kid in the movie was super annoying. What? I will not even watch it for free on Netflix. It is this bad. It is this bad. It is this bad. And is he like holding like his hands up? Yeah. <laughs> it is this bad. It is this bad with his hands like yeah. one foot apart. I caught a fish this big. You know? <laughs> right. Um, Shall I do one more? Yeah, you do one more and then we'll, we'll end it there. Okay, Snorefest. Really? I didn't see that one. No. It's, it's, uh, on the, it's on page three. A one-star review. Um my granddaughter and I were all hyped up to see a good scary movie. We showed up at, at cinema, got our popcorn, and were only people in showing. We spent... Hang on a minute, can you do this in the voice of those two guys from Family Guy? Which two guys? The And there was no way. Oh, and... <laughs> Snorefest. My granddaughter and I were all hyped up to see good scary movie. We showed up at cinema, got our popcorn, and were only people in showing. We spent the time bored and trying not to fall asleep. There was a total of 10 cast members in movie if you count the dog. We still haven't figured out what happened and what comes out at night. I wouldn't recommend this to anyone unless you are having trouble sleeping. We had such great hopes for this movie, but less still clueless. We could have loved to understand how it started and what exactly came out at night. So it's like a stream of consciousness. <laughs> it's not a review. Just all the words run together. Just, just <laughs> no punctuation. No oh dear. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah, it, well, seems, it seems to be a lot of people saying that they that they think it's for it's pretentious and it's for snobs and you think it's edgy and stuff like that. It's like, uh, yeah, that's fine that if they feel that way. Yeah, you can go uh, and yeah, see. So that's up to them. Yeah. Annabelle Creation comes out. That'll have all your CGI mouth extension jump scares. You go and. You go can. and enjoy that. It's a it's a perfectly valid section of the market to enjoy. Absolutely, know? I'm sure um, there'll be another Saw movie for you next Halloween. Actually, there was talk of there being a remake of Saw because you you got to reboot a reboot a, a, a series that started in like 2005. Yeah, maybe earlier than that. Actually, it's like about 03. I think it was like yeah, 02, 01, something like that. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Anyway, this. I've got no way to end these reviews. Uh, well, they're not reviews. To end these discussions. Yeah. We need to come up with a... A format for it, yeah. Yeah, a format to end these things. Yeah. I, I, I don't really have one. Else, they just keep going on forever. I enjoyed it. I, I hope they don't... I, I hope that it was successful enough that, that um, the directors uh, and the production staff go on to do something else. But I hope they don't fall into the trap of doing something else that is just an extension of this or... A, uh, a cube zero prequel type thing or anything uh, like that you know <laughs> you know me i don't recommend movies i don't i i uh very rarely will i give a public recommendation for anything because they backfire on me because the things i like are not the things other people like um so i i can't tell anyone they should see this because this isn't a review but as a discussion i you know i bloody liked it and i i'd be like i said be surprised if it wasn't in my top 10 a year but as as the reviews we've read prove uh, other opinions are available. International break. Okie dokie. Uh, so we're doing S Town next, right? S Town. S Town. S Town. S Town. I keep calling it S Town, even though it's very clearly shit. Shit Town. Yeah, but it was. It was. It was. It was uh, largely marketed as S Town. Yeah. Okay. Uh, shall I intro it?
mm-hmm. you're going to have to lead this whole one because I don't really know how sure. to talk about this show. So you're okay. going to just have to... Well, I've got something in mind as well, that I, that, that, that kind of a perspective that I want to bring up and then hear your thoughts on. So Oh, go for it, go for it. Um, so yeah, the next thing we're going to be talking about is the This American Life podcast S-Town which is uh, associated with, I think it was the producers of Serial, which was a massively successful podcast from a couple of years ago that uh, covered a uh, controversial case uh, of, of a, a guy who'd been convicted of killing his girlfriend. Um, they, uh, they, they, their style of podcast is kind of, it's, it's kind of interesting to me. It's, it's, it's very uh, opinion journalistic. Um, investigative journalism, I suppose, would probably be the best description of it. Uh, and it's it's got a very particular style, um, lots of narrative and and uh, prose from the uh, the perspective of the the presenter, cut with with interviews and and uh, other voices and music cut in. Um, but S Town, just to give you a quick uh, you know rundown as to, to what it is, uh, there is a, a, a guy. So that the Brian Reed is the name of the host. Um, he gets contacted by this guy John B Macklemore who is a uh, an eccentric guy who lives in a, in a small town um, in Alabama. Uh, and he gets contacted um, by him saying, basically, that there's a, a murder that's been covered up. Uh, and that's really the, the kickoff of the, of the whole thing. And this relationship between, um, between Brian and, and um, uh, uh, John B, as he, he's referred to quite frequently in the, in the podcast, uh, builds. And, and it's, it's kind of an interesting contrast because uh, John... Macklemore feels very out of uh, out of place in this this small uh, Alabama shit town, which is the the S in S town, um, as he describes it. Uh, but I would say that he's 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 still quite different from some from, from Brian, the the host, who's this kind of metropolitan New York type journalist, who's who's um, you know from a, from a very different world. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it, it starts off with with them talking about this and and. Uh, Brian going to see John to talk to talk to him and a series of phone calls about this this murder that's been covered up, but it, it quickly moves beyond that. So, um, you listened to it recently, I, I believe, sir. When when did you finish? Yeah, I started it. Um, actually, it's kind of interesting because I started it when you suggested doing it for this. So I started it maybe two weeks ago, and yeah. uh, or maybe a bit more, yeah, and then. It's, I, I was run into episode I'd run over episode one and it started playing the next one because I downloaded yeah. them all but it turns out I hadn't oh so so my version of it jumped straight to episode three and oh. I only found that out on Tuesday of this week so I was kind of like oh shit and it looked at it and it must have just been that the I couldn't download episode two at that time and it skipped yeah. it and I'd never noticed the notification for it so I I went one three two oh interesting and then the I big went reveals back in two so the big reveal. Yeah, I mean. Oh well, no, yeah, but that's yeah. Re- replayed at the start of three. So. Oh sure. So okay. I um. I went straight from an episode one where you introduced this character to episode three where. Spoilers. He's, he's dead. dead. Yeah. Yeah, and he's killed himself. Yeah. And I was like, "Wow, that's bold." <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but then um, I forget what it was, but something made me go like, "Wait, hang on a minute!" And I I I realized what I'd done, and I skipped back, and I went to two, and then I listen to the rest of three uh-huh okay interesting and uh, and went on from there so yeah it was very briefly i was in the wrong order but uh um 
yeah, I, yeah, it was it was kind of interesting actually. But I ended up to episode two. I thought was that best one. I was just trying to find. I thought so too. There's a word they use in there. I was just trying to find that word, and I can't. I should have written it down. Um, it's like probative, or, or it's a p word, but it means like the having the potential to happen afterwards. Like he describes it as like p word decay. Okay. The town, and it's like the, the decay hasn't happened yet, but it you know it's it it's destined to happen. And yeah. I was just trying to find that word, and I can't can't find it. Okay, I'm bummed out by that now. But carry on. Okay, yeah, yeah, no problem. So, so uh, for those who haven't haven't listened, um, I'd highly recommend you do. Uh, it's it's available free on on where good podcasts are distributed. Um, so, so the character of 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 John Macklemore, there's there's a lot of ambiguity around him because he feels very out of place in this town, and they speak to people who know him and who loved him, and and uh, particularly, um, oh, is it? Uh, What's the name of the of the guy? Is it uh, is it Jake? No, Tyler. Tyler's the the the, Tyler. the 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 main kind of like friend of his, and there's 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 some uncertainty as to what their relationship was. Um, it seems like it was it was kind of quite um, father sonish to a certain perspective, uh, but you you don't uh, you don't you don't really know whether John B because it seems he was uh, he was. He was gay, but he was in the, uh, deep, deep, deeply in the closet. Um, at least, you know, in his in his context, there maybe not so much outside because they speak to a, a former. Uh, well, I don't know if they had, I, was it, was it the clock repairman who was the the he wasn't really a lover to a certain extent. I think he was more of a Olin or Owen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, sort of older gentleman that did did met on a chat line yeah exactly yeah and they had a they had a, a relationship but whether that was anything more than a friendship is 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 kind of ambiguous and it i think john was a very uh conflicted type of person um but the the, the really interesting thing to me that, that came out of the whole thing was um and this kind of it's it's following a bit of a theme from last week i i'd so apologies but uh what do you think about the morality of telling this story and 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 what do you th- I, I kind of have a bit of a uh uh oh what is it the heisenberg's uncertainty principle where it, just by observing something you change it so mm. I, I, my as I, so i listened to this first probably three or four months ago and Came out in march so if you yeah if you got on it when it was new yeah yeah i think it was i think it was about a month old so yeah so, so so yeah probably probably in april um, I, uh, since then, and it didn't occur to me at the time, but since first listening to it, my big concern with it has been, I, I don't think this, this was the intention, but my big concern has been, did Brian's involvement in John's life trigger something or add to this increasing sense of despair that he had? I, I don't think you can necessarily say that, it, I, and I don't want to attribute blame because I don't think blame can be assigned and, and people who who take their own lives a lot of the time there's nothing that, that can be done from from the outside it's 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 a the end result of of, of years sometimes decades of turmoil so yeah. uh, but but I, I do have a concern that by because I, I get the feeling brian had a great deal of care and love for john in that episode too when when he gets the call 
um, you can tell there's 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 genuine emotion there, and he he's genuinely sad that this has happened. But I just I, I wonder about the I wonder about the ethics of the whole thing and whether whether it it helped or hurt or maybe maybe neither, you know, in John's life and and whether it was it was a catalyst or whether it, it helped move things on for him. So um, I'm going to give you the politician answer. Okay. Where, uh, I don't, as with It Comes at Night, I don't tend to form opinions on these things. Fair enough. I tend to accept them for what they are. and But if anything, I have um, a, a sideline issue with how it's presented and how documentarian-led documentary pieces work. So it's the same problem I have with Michael Moore or, or uh, to an extent, uh, Louis Theroux or yeah. um, Nick Broomfield or where there it's almost about their their placement in the story rather than about the story. Sure. And um, it's a very well-worn kind of type of documentary now. And uh, sometimes I'm okay with it and sometimes I'm not. Like the first episode of this, um, just to say I never listened to Serial when it was so big okay. and I have listened to versions of uh, episodes of This American Life. But I wasn't sure when we were going into this whether or not this – it felt – in episode one, it felt very contrived and slightly performed. Yes. And I wasn't sure whether what we were, what we were delving into was a fiction because I went into this entirely oh, cold. I did okay. not look anything up. Yeah. Um, and actually, just while you've been speaking, I just pulled up some pictures of the people involved because I've never even seen them. So okay. I've just seen a picture of John B. for the first time. And, yeah. uh, and, Is he um, how you pictured Tyler. Hmm? Are either of them how you pictured them? No, not really. No, it's the um, same for me. Uh, and and seeing the tattoos and his back and everything, that's oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, um, that, that whole thing about, I mean, that, that really spoke to his character, I thought. The whole thing about, the, 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 it seemed like he got all his tattoos essentially as a way of uh, supporting his um, friend's business, yeah. you know? Um, or but, or the, um, the time thing, which seemed yeah. to be very, very big if you're looking at the, the psychology of his... Uh, relationships like the he valued yeah. people's time one-on-one -on -one and, and essentially he's paying for that time yeah um but then I, I don't know because of the way i have issues with how certain facts are presented sure not for certain facts because there's, there's, i know there's you no, mean I have, I have some problems with the order certain things presented in it um and i did like it and i think i'll return to it but i at the start i was unsure of it mm -hmm. um it didn't help that i did two and three the wrong way around but well, two ended up really strong. Yeah. But I again, I wondered whether we lingered too much on. Is it Brian, the uh, the vegetarian? Yes, the host. Whether there was too much of him crying, and too much of his response to it. Yeah. Whereas I was more interested in learning more about the people, and that's what you got in episode two when I did go that round. So I had a little bit of a, a little bit. Okay, all right. You know. Because he comes off a little bit smug at times. He does. He does. And that's and that's that's kind of very the, NPR. I was about to say it goes with the territory, and that's yeah. fine. And and you know I knew what I was getting, but in that first episode, I was a little bit like I don't know about this. And then by the time I've done two and three, I'm into it. I'm sold. I'm on the board. But then right at the end as well, I had that slight bristle against it as well mm -hmm. because there were things put in that ending one which we in theory should have heard earlier on, but because of how media formats work, they need an ending yeah. and the trial hasn't happened yet. 
you know, and we, we don't have this natural narrative ending. So they're, they're using elements from earlier on and interviews from earlier on, um, rearranged in the timeline to create a, a sense of narrative. And I, I thought they had a beautiful potential narrative flow from the outset when they're talking about witness marks in clocks. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so what I think we're going to get as this thing goes along is there's witness marks and there'll be callbacks and things to things people have said, and that'll lead us somewhere. But because it's a slice of lifestyle tale and it's quite a good one, there's, there's no nice narrative bow on it. They don't find gold. No. You know, there is no villain to it. There is, you know, there is essentially this, this, this complex man and the life he led. You know. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That's, that's an interesting thought because it, it, it is one of those, uh, the way the way that it's constructed. It, it leads you to think that there is going to be some kind of narrative arc. Um, and uh, if you if you'd listen to Serial, uh, it, it's very similar in terms of its style to Serial. Okay. Um, the, the the way it's cut together, the the the, the focus on the host. Is is very similar to to Serial. There's the lots of ruminating, and and it was one of the things that I didn't quite love about Serial, was that there was there was so much of this kind of like, and then I thought, and and like lots of kind of, uh, lots lots of it kind of being about the the, the journalist covering it. And I understand, like you say, that go that goes with this ter- that this this kind of territory, but. I, I I had the same problem with with this, and given that it's you know with the with the um, with the subject matter of serial where they're dealing with a cold case, sure it's dealing with with a, you know real person and uh, their potential uh, you know freedom or or incarceration, but uh, it, it wasn't as um, uh, contemporaneous as this seemed you know the the fact that this big event happened that, that john b decided to take his own life in in uh, as, as this series was was being put together or as brian was in contact with him um kind of made that side of it the fact that it was uh somewhat contrived seeming initially um and, and that style takes a bit to get in with, but that, that, that was what led to me thinking after the fact, I have to say at the time I was very much in, into it and was like, this is really compelling and fascinating and an interesting human story. And I'm glad it's being told, but having, having had it marinate for a couple of months, um, uh, the ethics of it have, have begun to perturb me somewhat. I don't think mm. that there was any intention there of of there being uh you know so, some kind of oh let's get us let's let's talk to some freak in the south and get a story and and then you know i i, I know there was definitely no like celebration of like oh we've got a hit on our hands because he killed himself right after we started talking to him i don't think any of any, any of that happened there, um, there has to be a, a, a discussion in a room about they, how they format those episodes though because that's how yeah it works and of course there has to be conscious decisions of what they'll put where and there was um and that's fine because that's how you structure these things. Yeah. But there was the, the there was some there must have been someone in that process who goes, how do we end it? Yeah. And that's when you start collecting certain things to leave until the end. Sure. And and or you keep this at some point you have to cap the story like well, Tyler's not going to court for another you know six months. Yeah. Da da da. You know these things are happening. You know uh, the uh, the K three people won't speak to us anymore. 
Um, we've not found anything. We'll call it here. Because, I mean, at this point, this process must have lasted several years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah at, least, think, at least two years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because there's been a year of, of discussion and visits with uh, um, uh, with Brian and, and uh, John right. before before he dies. Yes. So so there, there is that. And then there has to be a point where someone goes, you've got enough. Right. You know, and yeah, that's so, where, you, where you cap it. Whether you come back and you do a follow-up later, we'll see. Right, yeah. Looking at the Wikipedia page, uh, uh, John B. died in June of 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came out in, as you say, March of 2017. So uh, so there's, there's been a while in between um, that they've been putting this together. Uh, I, I, I also, at least two years but, post-death, and let's say yeah. the same before. Yeah. Because he starts sending emails in like 20, 2012. As 12, well as, yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to say, but yeah. I couldn't remember what I was posting on. So, so, yeah, but, but I also wonder, you talk about having someone kind of said, well, we've got to start pulling these pieces to, to, to go toward the end so we can build a narrative. I also hmm. kind of think, well, as it was going on, um, there had to be some involvement from the legal team, the management at NPR to say, how are we going to handle this? Yeah. You know, because... Clearly, John wants uh, John B wanted some exposure. He wanted to communicate himself to the world, but following his death, um, how do you handle that that uh, sensitively and in a way that doesn't seem exploitative? Uh, and I, and I think they I think they largely achieved it. And like I said, these these kind of issues of of the morality of the whole thing have only crept in lately. Um, since I've been kind of thinking about that more and probably because, because I've been thinking about, um, you know, uh, ethics in, in general, in terms of the, 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 the media. Um, so, so I just, I, yeah, it, it kind of, I would love to get a glimpse in, into the production side of things and, and, and NPR as a whole as to when they were producing this and what they thought. I, I kind of, <laughs> I wish, I wish they'd shot a documentary around it. Because it's 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 a fascinating it would be, it would be a fascinating glimpse into how you uh, produce something that is um, at the same time compelling but also respectful to the memory of the guy who died and his and his survivors. Very fair. Um, yeah, I, I don't know because obviously this is essentially a long form documentary. I mean, you don't yeah. have the visual component, but. It is still a again on for seven hour documentary, mm-hmm. and it made me think of. And I didn't watch all of it. I started it, and during the you know the fever pitch of it and everything, but the making a murderer thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that 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 being similar. Yeah, and um, it got me thinking about that and how you know everyone got into that and like oh it has to be this doesn't it like yeah. you you know it but then the criticisms that came out about that and how the things they left out and the right. the you know how the portrayal of that story wasn't quite maybe as uh pardon me, as um as as truthful and as uh straightforward linear as you yeah. yeah as you might believe and this felt the same i mean the big one for me the big one that made me go mm, was uh um you get the bit uh i think it's episode three where he speaks to when they found out there's no will yeah and he speaks to the lawyer, the uh-huh. um, boozy McFiddle or whatever he was called. He had a really good name. I can't remember his name. It was a great name, wasn't it? Yeah. Boozer Downs. Boozer Downs. Okay, that was it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. So he, he, when he's speaking to him and he goes, well, I don't know whether you knew this, but John was 
unbanked. Yeah. And Brian's like, oh, tell me more. And, yeah. But then later in another episode, there's a clip with John himself saying, well, I'm unbanked. Oh, you're right. There is. There is. And I was yeah. a bit like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah, so that kind of undoes your credibility a bit. You're playing dumb with people. I get it. Yeah. And that's, that's fine from a journalistic point of view because you're trying to get, you know, things from people. But right. the the unaddressed um, slight duplicity there of uh, of you know playing dumb to it there or whatever like and he he does address that in other instances a few times where he's like oh yeah this guy was giving me the nod like he knew what I was thinking and maybe I did because of this yeah he does but, that's um, true but that one specifically because because I was I'd probably listened to those maybe six hours apart or something like that. it was probably the same day I heard those two bits and I was just kind of like oh but this morning you said yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. And that, that made me kind of, yeah, just a little bit like, okay, that's another one of those, you know, consider the source presentation, what aren't you showing us, what aren't you telling us, um, kind of uh, thoughts about yeah. it. And it's, it's, it's interesting because, like I said to you, I don't know how to talk about this because there is so much of it that I, I felt moved by and touched by in, in that story. You know, I've had weirdly overcomplicated one-on-one friendships that didn't work when other people were around. Yeah. Um, both of our lives have been touched by suicides and um, and that was really interesting and, and some of those feelings that go along with that and complicated family stuff and and it was it was odd and and um, you know so there was a lot of it that, that really did kind of touch on a kind of human experience that I could I could I could understand you yeah, know? relate to yeah yeah to some extent and yeah, yeah. yeah because and, and of I, that it, you know, <clears throat> sorry carry on no you don't yeah, no, no, I I felt the same way that when I was when I was listening to it. It, it definitely there was a there was a definitely definite connection and an understanding there of of of, 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 of in certain respects, you know, and uh, not all obviously. I, I I've never lived in a small town in the south and and felt out of place. But I, I you know we've all felt out of place in certain 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 times. Um, but it, it's interesting how that's that's kind of evolved since I since I listened to it because. Uh, I, I think it was. I think I, I since since listening to it and talking to you about it, I, I've come to the conclusion, or actually just had the thought. I suppose it's not really a conclusion because it's not final, but I've had the thought that it 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 is much more contrived than than I originally gave it credit for. I think I went into it fairly starry eyed and kind of was like just up for listening to it and, and interested and just kind of caught by it. Uh, which yeah. is fine, and 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 I don't I don't regret that. I don't I don't think I should necessarily be more cynical, but it kind of it's kind of taught me the lesson to be more critical of 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 of, of just kind of accepting a narrative that's that's sold. It goes to a lot of the stuff we talked about the last couple of weeks, but um, I, I think uh, I think that's true of the document the documentary genre in general. Like you mentioned, with people like Michael Moore, Louis Theroux. Um, it can be certainly. It can be, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not 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 inevitably for sure. But I think it's part of it, particularly the character documentaries where you've got a, a host like this who's a, who's a focus because they're always going to bring their perspective. Um, and uh, and it's, it's just this this is uh, a, 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 because it's in a different medium than, you know, like a, a, a visual documentary. I wonder if it's uh, it's it's more prone to maybe it's easier to see it because there's this you just have the audio component. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, an interesting format, and and off the back of it, it has made me think like, 
it's never i mean well we're working in it right now you know as a podcast but yeah. it's it's never a medium that i thought to work in in terms of like whether it's you know um radio style drama fiction or or yeah. something else like i've always seen like audiobooks as one thing and that's a book True. and and uh you know and and this kind of discussion podcast kind of thing as as a as a kind of um a passing opinion piece i've never really thought about deep documentary uh radio in that respect like current affairs and things because you get that kind of things you know sports whatever but this this sort of thing this kind of anecdotal kind of uh oral history kind of life documentary is is not new because they have happened, but this one, because of it being so long form and, and whatnot, really did get me thinking about the possibility of it. And I think it goes quite well with a with a fiction piece uh, like It Comes at Night. So the fact that this ended up being this week's episode is is kind of an interesting... They are interesting companion pieces in terms yeah. of their sort of worldview, uh, you know, as a piece of fiction and a piece of documentary. But... Well, and um, I, I think it's... Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I think it's interesting that the... Uh, is it journalism or documentary? I don't know. It, it's that's a, that's a, it's, I think it sits on an uncomfortable line in between the two, yeah. um, because it, it is journalism. Because by its very literal word, you know that you're, they are journaling something that happened. But mm. the fact that they're editorializing and giving opinion and also contributing to the story um, makes me think that that it falls more into the the documentary side of things as well. Um, and, and I think. One of one of the, one of the interesting thoughts you, you, where you compare it to it comes at night, whereas it comes at night, I think, very much wants you to uh, discern what you will from it. it. It kind of encourages you to form your own opinion. Um, I, I think that this might have the uh, the appearance of wanting to do that, but not necessarily the intention. Ooh, that's interesting because I I thought it really was. Like it leads you down a few paths to to essentially uh, allow you to form the opinion it wants you to, yeah, to an extent, and then it will pull the rug out from under you to go like, but what if? Told you, you know, like, yeah, like yeah. the uh, the you know Tyler's the good guy, sure, but then he's and then and the cousins they're the bad people, yeah. and then you get then you know by episode four or whatever you're getting the, the cousins side. thing, and it's like oh okay they're not. They're not the the um, the gold diggers you think they are. You know no. they're they're you know they're here because of that familial duty, um, if not care. You know, yeah. Um, and maybe Tyler's you know Got a little bit more out yeah. for himself. You know, uh-huh. like it is it is it is kind of kind of interesting um, in that respect. But yeah, I suppose that's still pardon me um, leading you down a slight path, and then swerving you i mean the the maze the, again there's these i mean if you're going to impose structure on something like there is so much rich um narrative metaphor you could use he's got that maze you've yeah. got the witness marks on the clocks i was surprised there weren't more subtextual subtextual nudges towards those things yeah. you know towards those component elements that you've got in this story already but maybe that's just it's too difficult to shape this because when he talks to Olin, he says he speaks for five hours on one day, six on the next, the yeah. potential for the amount of material, huge, like, yeah. yeah, for, for seven hours of thing, they could have hundreds of hours. Yeah. 
Well, maybe it's maybe it's because they're not narrative storytellers. You know, the people putting this together aren't, aren't narrative storytellers. They're journalists and 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 current affairs type people, rather than being people who 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 know story structure necessarily. Um, that could be. Yeah, it might might it might just be that that they're not they're not used to telling a story um, in that way. They're I would say to... from the ending, they very much are though, because they yeah. they've they've held over things that probably should have been in episodes two and three to the ending so that they can shape it and and that's not i'm not going to say contrived but that's certainly a a a decision that has to have been made because we don't have a definitive ending to this we you know i did wonder whether the ultimate ending was going to be a a discovery of a will because if there's one thing that's definitely missing from this story it's the fact that he never wrote a will when he wrote everything else and he spoke about the will uh, I spoke about who was going to get what. And, you know, th- for a while I was thinking, like, I think the ultimate end point of this is who's hiding that will. Whether they kept that information from you to, to deliver it later or or whether it was discovered in the natural course of events. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was going to be the ending, and maybe maybe they did too. Um, and by the did, time yeah. you've got that ending, uh, by the time you get to that, like, okay, we'll do seven hours, it's it's tough, and all you end up with is, this kind of rich, uh, rambling narrative of of these people. Yes. So. Yeah, and and the the characters in it are almost almost seem written. A lot of them, you know. Uh, like I say, I thought in that first episode, I was on the bubble about whether this was a performed fiction piece. Sure. Yeah, and, and I can see, I can absolutely see why. Uh, you know, the cousins are, are very, very kind of colourful and and. Tyler isn't he's not necessarily in a flamboyant character but he he seems like a very realistic portrayal of a, of the type that you might think he he would be written writ, written to be and um, John uh, John alone yeah. you know as as this kind of you know weird savant out there in the woods you know <laughs> so yeah yeah it's 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 a, I would definitely I mean would you would you recommend people watch it uh, listen well, watch it they, they can try and watch it would you recommend they listen to it I don't do recommendations. No, fair enough. <laughs> um, um, I don't know. I it's it's certainly a very interesting thing. Um, uh, I would say, um, sure, why not? People can do what they want. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and that, I don't and that know. ladies and gents, is as much of a recommendation as you'll ever get out of him. <laughs> I don't care what people do. <laughs> um, I don't know, because there's certain things like where I would say, give it this much, and if you're not in with it, you're never going to be. No. But this one's really tough to to say how much of it people should 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 give to it. Um, if something makes you interested in it, it'll probably grab you until yeah. you've listened to it all, I would yeah. think. But I can't, I don't know who I would recommend this to. If I was no. going to give a person recommendation, I don't know who it's really for. It is very interesting. I fa- I found it very interesting. And, yeah, um, the, the way I came that's to about it was, the best I can do. That's fair enough. No, yeah, no, and I, and I and I would I would go along with that. Um, yeah, the way I came to it was my wife is is she listened to uh, Serial because she's okay. interested in the true crime stuff. Um, and as which is was, where this starts. It's where it We've starts. Had a murder. Exactly. We've yeah. got police corruption. But it's yeah. very much that's like ten the, minutes. It is it's the very and first bit. Yeah, you're, off, you're in you know. John's world after that. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was the very start of that podcast, and that was what drew her to it. And then she was like, "You like this because this is this is kind of human interest." And it's like, 
I think I think if you if you are interested in the complexity of humanity and um and and odd personalities and the potential for shared experience yeah potential for shared experience and, and the weirdness that is life and how um and how different people experience it and how their their their, their circumstances um can uh, either handcuff or, or or free them i think then then you might enjoy it but yeah i i would be i i, I have i have not recommended it to anybody uh, aside from you for us to do to for for, for gamps so you told um, me to listen to it yeah i told you to listen to it <laughs> you told me to go and see it comes at night so we're, we're about even yeah yeah right let's season finale this is it over yes yeah, I'm, I'm even now i'm, I'm leaving right now yeah, I'll go buy goodbye. Bye.